In this episode of Uncooked Conversations, we're going to talk about the things we've learned parenting our highly sensitive and spirited child. Let's get to it. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations, where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. Well, here we go. It's been a while. Hello there. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on Uncooked Conversations. We are so happy to be back recording. It has been, it's been a while. It has been probably over a month since we last recorded anything. Yeah, life is crazy. (laughs) Not like we've been twiddling our thumbs or anything. Um, Got nothing better to do. (laughs) Twiddle, twiddle, twiddle. <laughs> so we um yeah, we've been pretty full on busy. Um both of us building out our businesses, which a couple episodes ago we shared some of what we we're building. Um so you can go back a couple episodes and, you know, catch up on on those endeavors. Um but other than yeah, that I did launch Strangers in the Pines, another podcast. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's launched and it was great and we're cooking. We're almost on episode, we're on episode eight next. Nice. Um, and that's one complete story. So Wow. Way to it's go. It's exciting. Um, definitely check it out. Strangers in the Pines if you like Stranger Things. Cool. And I'm very close to launching my membership site. Um, Super excited. Yeah. Can you tell me a little more? Oh, sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just so in the thick of it right now, like creating the graphics and working with the designer and doing the copywriting and prepping all the marketing and the social media. So Just give me a little taste. A little taste. A little taste. Give me, like, give me Honestly, a little bit of taste. I have no, no idea, idea what to say. Just what is it about? Oh, what is it about? Oh, I thought, I don't know what you were asking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Healing Mothers Collective is a membership site for moms who want to go deeper in their inner healing journey and just really start to work out um, some of the the deeper reasons behind why they might get frustrated when their kids don't listen to them or when, um, yeah, things just don't go as planned. So we get to dive into the triggers and the traumas and get some healing. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need that. Can I put on a wig and show up? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think like what else has been going on? Anniversaries, birthdays. I guess that's probably why. I mean, so on top of building, you know, our businesses, it's not just that. Like this is always such a crazy time of year for us in terms of celebrations. So first thing is like for me and celebrations, like they're a big deal. Like I am a celebrator. I love celebrating birthdays and like just taking a pause to just to celebrate people or like, you know, celebrate achievements and milestones and all that. And so, you know, we had our eight-year anniversary back in June. And then two weeks later, I had my my birthday. And then, anyway, <laughs> and then there's like Father's Day, there's Mother's Day, Paul's birthday's in May. Like, then we had like anniversary and Father's Day in June. And then my birthday in July, my mom's birthday is in July. And I feel like there were some other things. And so there's like a lot of celebrities. We did travel. Mm-hmm. We traveled. We did a beach two trip. Times. Beach trip, and we did a mountain trip, and we're doing another mountain trip in a week. Yeah. So there's pretty full on. Yeah. So business building plus traveling. a lot of sick kids, oh, yeah. sick sitters, sick, sick. us. <laughs> yeah, we did go through a um, about a week of our youngest, almost ten days. I felt like until he was totally back to normal, but about 
a week of him actually being very sick. Not COVID or anything. Not very sick. Well, just yeah. Just a little sick. Just a lot of fever and diarrhea. Yeah. Stuff you probably don't want to hear more about, but. <laughs> and I was there. Yeah. So I guess that's just life, you know? Yeah. So tell me a little more about our anniversary episode. Oh, yeah. So um, I actually really wanted to do an anniversary episode um, back in June, but with life being so full, um, we have not done one yet. I think we actually tried, but then we mm -hmm. like just ended up not being able to. I think we had scheduled it, yeah. but then we didn't do it. Cause, so Because we didn't have a sitter that day because yeah. things got crazy. But we have an episode coming soon that is going to be all about our anniversary. Well, no, it's not all about our anniversary. It's actually about our eight years of relationship together and some really, really like amazing, beautiful, moving stories and um, just our experience of being mm. married for eight years. And some trash stories. <laughs> Straight up trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real, real stories. Real, real life. Yeah. Yeah. So anything you want to add from just kind of general updates? Oh, man. Um, gosh. Besides our nanny suddenly quitting on us two days ago. It's the worst. Not the worst, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, just life, tired. <laughs> Read this little comic and was like, man, I'm so tired when it's winter. Man, I'm so tired after shopping. Man, I'm so tired after this. And then at the end, it's like, maybe we're just tired people. <laughs> I'm like, no, you maybe you have two kids and don't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Cool. If you enjoy listening to Uncooked Conversations as much as we love bringing it to you, and you'd like to support our efforts to bring you laughter, vulnerability, education, all wrapped up in one podcast, then click the link in the description. It'll take you to our Patreon where you can become a supporter of two different tiers. You can become a conversation supporter where your contribution helps to pay for the monthly production costs of this podcast. Or you can become a conversation implementer where you also get access to bonus support material created just for you each month. The support materials are going to be things related to two podcast episodes a month and that are going to have actionable advice, questions to help you reflect and go deeper, and ways to just continue to implement these concepts and ideas into your daily life. So go ahead and click the link below or go to patreon.com slash uncooked conversations. Now back to the show. Well, shall we dig into our topic? Let's dig in. So I think what really... Um, led me to want to talk about this topic today actually has to do with our nanny suddenly quitting on us, which genuinely I still got a lot of feels. There was a lot of just inconsiderate, unprofessional things that you know, I don't need to go into it. Anyway, but I think really it got me thinking a lot, you know, some of the reasons she gave and Everybody has their own interpretation of experiences and, and things, but it made me feel really misunderstood and it made me feel like our children and our family were really misunderstood. Yeah. And so that led me to um, thinking a lot specifically about our oldest child who's almost four, Asher. You know, he he would fall under two categories that I have more recently learned and started to really understand, which is being a spirited child and a highly sensitive child. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you know what that is, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what it is, then you might fall into the category of a lot of people that we've encountered in our four years of being parents. 
you know, we'd get a lot of comments from like, gosh, he's got so much energy or he's so impulsive or he doesn't really listen. He's so smart, but he doesn't listen. Yeah. Or he gets labeled like the difficult one mm-hmm. or the troublemaker mm-hmm. or instigator. Yep. Or he kind of does his own thing. He doesn't really follow what the group wants to do. Yeah. So for a long time, like, you know, the first three and a half years of his life, I just thought that there was something wrong with him or wrong with us and the way we were parenting and that there was something wrong somewhere. Yeah. And then I stumbled upon this book about nine months ago called Raising Your Spirited Child. And I was in tears reading it because I was like, oh, my gosh, like we are normal. Like, I mean, we're not normal and we are we are normal. Like there's it's nothing normalized. It's normalized. Like there's nothing wrong with us and there's nothing nothing wrong with our child. Yeah. We're not doing something wrong. He's just different than the average kid. Mm hmm. So not typically wired is like one Mm. phrase that I've been hearing a lot in these circles. And so I think, you know, with our nanny quitting and the reasons she gave and just the sense of like feeling so misunderstood, it, it really led me to think a lot about just in general feeling both personally misunderstood, but also this like protectiveness for Asher and like how he is different and he's his nervous system is just wired a little bit differently than most kids. And honestly, like I now having a second child who is honestly, I would say falls much more in the realm of like a normal, like whatever normal is. Or like the typical range, more in our typical range. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he falls down, it's like, oh, I fell over. Whereas when Asher falls down, it's like, monumental and it's such a big deal right and i think the important part to realize is that like he is like in his reality in his nervous system and his experience like he is reacting exactly as he feels on the inside right and same for our younger child like he is reacting the way that he feels on the inside which is it's not a big deal yeah and i think the challenge that i found is that it felt like there was a right way and a wrong way for Mm. a long time and that you know caregivers, other parents, um, you know, people at preschool, like made me feel like the way that Asher was responding to various situations in life, that there was something wrong with it, that his sensitivity, there was something wrong with it. Yeah. And I really had to like dive into a lot of different books and a lot of different research and a lot of articles and reframe how he is and realize like he is actually so incredible and his sensitivity is such a gift yeah and but if we don't understand it and if the people who are caring for him don't understand it then he's going to be treated like a problem child and that's going to actually lead to even more behavior problems so one of the things that you mentioned was when he falls down like it feels like a big deal to him Mm. i was thinking about how he's so sensitive to his body Mm. like that it could legitimately just hurt him more yeah And I was thinking about how, like, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit rough with him, Mm. you know, when we're playing or maybe when he, you know, does something that really triggers me and I, like, pick him up and put him somewhere and he's like, daddy hurt me. And a lot of times I've felt like a brush it off. Like, I know I wasn't too hard, Mm -hmm. but maybe to him, because his skin is so sensitive and his, like, nervous system is so sensitive, it did hurt him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of, like, I felt... sad you know like i mean i don't want to hurt my son i don't want to you know i want him to feel safe and secure you're such an incredible father Mm, thanks the way that you've so quickly adapted and changed and how you strive to be so in tune with both your kids is amazing Mm. 
and like just these moments, like your, I can just tell like your heart is so tender and soft and moldable for them that like when you have these moments of realization and you immediately like recognize it and take the humble path and just change. It's not easy, but I just really want the best for them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you too. What a sweet little sappy moment. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can have the audience members. (laughs) The fresh, the raw. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for, for a while, for at least six months, we're having some very strenuous behavior challenges with Asher, um, especially after back in, you know, middle or no beginning of 2019, long story short, like family member passed away. We moved across the country and then two months later, his little brother was born. Like he went through some really dramatic changes really fast. Yeah. And I think before then, like, he he wasn't in as challenging of an environment. And so his kind of, like, amazing quirks were not as – like, we didn't, we didn't see the challenging sides of them. We kind of saw, like, the fun side of it. But we'd certainly experienced, like, some scary moments from some impulsivity and things like that. But it was really after, like, that massive change in our life in February, yeah. March 2019 that – we started to see some really, really, really big changes in Asher and his behavior. And I think also, like, at that point, he was two and a half. It was kind of the stage from two and a half to three and a half, with, which in and of itself is a very hard stage for kids and in their development in terms of, like, they have a lot more will, a lot more capability, but they don't have the, the emotional regulation skills. Yeah. And it's not really until around four that they can that their brain even starts to develop those neural pathways of like being able to control impulse and regulate themselves a yeah. little tiny bit. Yeah, for sure. And then on top of that, like a couple months later when Aiden started to like crawl, mm-hmm. that was really where it came to a head, I think. Yeah. Um, when all of a sudden Aiden is in all of Asher's space yeah. and like touching all of his things and like he can't play by himself anymore basically all very challenging so you were saying before that you were really feeling like a lot of that like taking it on as like am i a bad parent is my kid messed up like what's going on here in the preschool and everything um do you want to expand on that more yeah i think you know, we were in such a vulnerable time um, at that point in our lives. And I honestly, I think the truth is, is that I outsourced my own wisdom. And so I listened too carefully to what some of the teachers were saying at the preschool that we had enrolled him in and to, you know, other people close in our life about their perspective on his behavior and challenges. And so I was taking like you know, like the strong mommy approach. Yeah. And kind of like the more disciplinarian approach. I mean, we, we don't spank and we haven't done like timeouts necessarily, but we've still taken like a kind of like a yelling at your child approach or like you sit here and you know, like firm talking, yeah, kind of like aggressive behavior mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. I wouldn't quite go as far as aggressive, but just sort of like an aggressive tone. Yeah. Maybe like that. Sit in the chair. Yes, exactly. Like, like the strong mommy tone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess maybe strong mommy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I just, 
it never sat well with me, but I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And I wasn't getting good advice otherwise. If anything, people were like, you need to be doing more. You need to control your child more. Yeah. But then the once I found that- Which always backfired. Oh, yeah. Always backfired. <laughs> yeah. It caused even more- um, even yeah, more challenging so. behavior. And yeah. so I realized I'm like, something is not clicking and working here. And maybe for some kids this works, but I don't think that for our child it, it does. Yeah. And so when I found the Raising Your Spirited Child book and realized like how much he aligned with the description in the book and all the strategies that she had, I was like, oh, we need to be taking such a different approach here. And then I started learning a lot about um, connection um, and parenting and like how when kids are feeling really disconnected from their caregivers, then they act out more. Right. They lash out. And then when I was processing back through, and then especially for spirited kids and highly sensitive kids, they feel it even more because their nervous systems are even more like like heightened. Then for that connection, <clears throat> for that connection, and they're, they're even more sensitive to emotions, um, and like the emotions, like of the parents and everybody else. And so, I just realized that we needed to be taking a really different approach with him. And so, I started learning about like more compassionate parenting, gentle parenting, and then really where we landed most recently is this book called Attachment Play, which is just this like wonderful little handy 100, 120 page book. But it is so like, it's just got like amazing, um, very practical. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Like very Very practical advice, very practical advice on how to play with your child to build that connection and give them what they need. Before we dig into that, can we, I just want to hop back and make a couple comments. Please. Um, yeah. So as you started learning all this, one thing that I saw and and noticed, um, we started to like take the boys in the morning, especially trying to separate and give them both like special one-on-one time. And even just that we, we noticed, a a pretty dramatic change in behavior and like the ease of like life with Asher and Aiden both. Like, I just wanted to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's kind of like first step is, you know, FaceTime with your kids, especially when they're young is, is so crucial and really they feel it. And, and the hard part is um, there's this underlying feeling of your emotions, even if your face is smiling, but you're feeling like agitated or angry, mm-hmm. um, they pick up on that resonance of your emotions. And so like having like positive interactions and connections, like in a one-on-one sense is super crucial. Well, and just to have a fun little plug towards healing mothers, it's yeah. like what you were saying with, you know, having a smile on, but you feel bad inside, like as a parent, like that's also like where us me and you going to therapy and working on our own internal world i think that that's made a huge difference like night and day because we would not be able to have the calm and demeanor that we're able to have now if we weren't working on our own internal world and so i think yes we've learned new strategies and we're continuing to go deeper in the parenting side, but we've also gone really deep in our own side and being able to regulate our own emotions. And so I think- Which is definitely just good for life. (laughs) And so I think that because we are just in general, like more calm and in control of our emotions, 
that we're just more genuinely a calm, safe space for our kids. And so they feel that. So we don't have to kind of put on this happy face, but then they still kind of feel like this dissonance because it's like, wait, you're smiling, but you don't feel good. You don't feel happy. (laughs) Yeah, for Um, sure. Well, and so then that led us, led you to finding this, um, the attachment playbook. Yeah, because I realized, (laughs) I mean, honestly, I, you know, with the books I was reading about like having more compassion and um, trying to understand the child's needs and have more connection and one-on-one time, like, it's like I knew what needed to be done, but then I had the hurdle of, I am struggling to play with my child in a way that helps him feel connected and in a way that like, resolves some of these feelings of like, you know, does mommy love me? Where's my place in the family? All of that. And so I was intentionally seeking books around like play and play therapy. And, and so, and that's where I found the book Attachment Play. I love it so much because it gave very um, hands-on practical things that I could do because for some reason I have just always struggled to play. And I, used to feel very alone in this. And then the more I talked to some of my other mom friends and like even in Facebook groups about this, like there's a lot of moms out there who just – moms and dads. Sorry. I don't want to like just say moms. I live in the mother space a lot. So <laughs> I'm like thinking Totally moms. dads too. But dads sure. too. It's like how do I play with my child? This is yeah. boring. This is, you know, not fun. Like all that. And so I think this book was just awesome to give me some practical like ways to play with him. And just to build that connection and be able to sense like how the play is affecting him. And so like one kind of play that's really great is symbolic play. And so if there's been like, for example, like a really challenging event in the child's life and such as the birth of a, a sibling, you can use symbolic play to kind of like play out that experience over and over with them and like allow the child that's having a hard time to kind of like mimic out that the impulses and the actions that they want to take out on the child, but you do it with the doll or with the doll. And I thought it was like, you know, going to only increase negative behavior, but it actually taking the doll and banging its head against (laughs) it. Am I making a serial killer? What's happening right now? But instead it was like, it actually helped his behavior so much. Yeah, for sure. And then role reversal play. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, So one of the things the book talks about is role reversal play where you let the kids sort of like be in charge, you like give them power. And if your child is like struggling a lot, like kind of like, no, mommy, I'm in control or daddy, like I I say what to do and that kind of stuff. Usually, from what I understand, it's a sign that they need that role reversal play so that they can feel like life is kind of for them. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, we, uh, Asher and I will kind of like do pretend wrestling and stuff, but I wasn't, I think I did some of this naturally where I like kind of let him win, but more often I would just kind of like, you know, I'm a big guy. Like he's a little tiny four-year-old. I'm like, you know, he's pushing me, but I'm just sitting there. And uh, really kind of what role reversal does is like, let them feel powerful. And so, you know, when he pushes me, I'll fly into the wall or he'll throw me onto the couch or whatever. And I'll just kind of go with it and we'll play like that. In other games too, like uh, we were doing the security guard where I'm sneaking in to try and steal something and he'll hit me with like a pillow and then I'm captured and he really enjoys that. Um, And I found that like doing these games just helped us feel more connected and like resolved some of the tension of like me always telling him what to do. 
which, you know, as parents there, you're going to be doing that a lot. Like you have to tell your kid what to do. Like, like they're a four-year-old, they don't know what to do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be really aggravating for both of you, but, but being able to do uh, this kind of play can really help kind of resolve that underlying tension. Yeah. And I've seen such a difference in <clears throat> Asher's behavior and just kind of his, I don't know, he just has seemed more calm the past couple of weeks and mm. more like, I don't know, less thrown by big changes mm. or like, and I feel like we have an antidote too of like when he starts to get really like wild and like forceful and stuff or like, oh, you need role reversal play. Great. Let's do that. Yeah. And so I, I feel like now we have like kind of prescriptions for how to handle challenging behaviors. For sure. That's definitely been one of the things that I've taken away the most is like, you know, these few different things you can see like, oh, when he's acting in this way, what he's really needing is, you know, to feel powerful or to feel heard mm-hmm. or, you know, symbolic play or whatever, especially seeing such a quick change has been super awesome. Yeah, so to round everything out, um, I think, well, I guess here's a question for you is, you know, back when I was feeling like, oh, gosh, is there something wrong with our child? Is there Mm -hmm. something wrong with our parenting? Did you feel that? Sometimes, but I, (laughs) I don't know. I have the general mindset that other people are wrong and I'm right. And, uh, you know, it serves me (laughs) well sometimes and not so well other times, but I think, you know, having a therapist and, you know, you reading a bunch of books and me doing my own independent studies, like I really feel like we, you know, we're doing a good job at parenting. And so I could see the trouble, but I knew that Asher was a great kid. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like there was a discrepancy between what they were saying and him. And also seeing him in our house, I'm like, okay, he's obviously behaves this way with these certain stimulus or whatever. And so I didn't feel like so much that it was our fault as far as like parenting, but more like, okay, maybe there's some sort of stimulus or something else that's like driving him to be this way Mm -hmm. or like react in these certain ways. Yeah. And I think that that, like for me, I, you know, and it's something I'm working on is just developing a stronger sense of like self-trust and like, trusting my own intuition and my own instincts on things as opposed to other people and what they have to say. Right. We've talked a lot about that, like personally, and probably Mm -hmm. be a good episode to expand upon sometime. Yeah, that'd be a great one. I love that topic so much. Yeah. And so I think initially I certainly felt like that, like, uh oh, is there something wrong with him? Is there something wrong with us? Because I was leaning too much on what other people were saying, yeah. Um, and it, and I guess too, it's like when you hear it from so many different sources, you start to kind of believe them, right? Even if they're all wrong, it's like if you hear it enough, <laughs> you start to believe it. Um, You're not hard headed enough. <laughs> but I think the reality is, is that like, like people just didn't have a whole like some of these people we were surrounded by didn't have an understanding of yeah. a child that is highly sensitive and a child that is spirited, and. So they didn't know how to handle it and work with the behaviors. It's much more of like the kind of shepherd mentality of like, everyone just follow me and like everyone just do what I say right? rather than- And that's kind of schools anyways. Like they're trying to create lemmings (laughs) and factory workers. Right. And so- That's where it was designed to do. Exactly. As opposed to really nurturing the individual qualities of the child. And so I think like as the parent, I really had to put on my big girl pants and just- trust in myself and 
and be his advocate. Yeah. And that meant for me, like reading and understanding and learning more about these things and realizing like these are not negative labels. These are incredibly beautiful, valuable things and traits about him. And yes, they lead to some challenging behaviors if you're in the wrong environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key here is that like as his parents, it's our responsibility to make sure that he's in an environment that's going to be nurturing to him yeah. instead of that's going to push him into his stress zones. True. Well, and for instance, like we learned a few things at that point, you know, like we changed him to a different preschool. Mm-hmm. He did 100% better. Yep. He, he loved it. He loved the people. He did super well. And then also we learned that he has a hard time with transitions. Yep. And so if we try to make him transition in five minutes. Like it's always a struggle, but if we give him 15 minutes, we can all kind of transition much slowly and it's much more peaceful. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think the first thing for us was getting really clear on who our child is, who like, what is his makeup? What is his wiring? What is his personality? What are not just his likes and dislikes, but like, where do we see him come alive and thrive? And where do we see him kind of shut down and go into challenging behaviors? And then from there, we had to realize that it was about connection. He needed more emotional connection and emotional resonance between you and I, and not Mm -hmm. just like, you know, the strong leader parents of like, do this, do that. And, you know, we're giving you all that we can and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, he actually needs us to be emotionally available to him yeah, and not hold him up to the standard of an adult, but hold him to the standard of a, you know, three and a half, four-year-old child. Which is challenging. (laughs) If you're not like used to being with like toddlers and kids Mm -hmm. at that age, like I feel like it can be very challenging because you're like, why aren't you acting like this? Well, if you did some research, you'd know cognitively, (laughs) it's actually impossible, father. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and then that, you know, also looking at our own selves and, you know, if we were not accepted emotionally in that way as a child and we had struggles in that area, like we're going to have a hard time as well just because we didn't receive that kind of nurturing and support. And your kids are going to trigger you too, just like your spouse. And so I think like that's where reparenting and that process we've been working on as well with our therapist and individually has been so beneficial because now we can kind of come in as more of this like wise loving adult rather than our inner wounded child hurting. Children, parenting children. (laughs) I know. And so I think us learning how to be more connected and emotionally available to Asher was really important and helpful. And then, you know, just to top it off, I think the attachment play, like we needed to learn very specific skills and have an understanding of how play is interpreted from a child's perspective, Mm -hmm. not an adult. And like when an adult leads the play, what does that mean to the child versus when the child gets to lead the play how does the child interpret that? Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel so. I I, mess, I put this in a Facebook group recently, um, the spirited child group that I'm in, where it's like, does anyone else feel like by having a firstborn spirited child, they've it, like you've been through like boot camp of parenting, and that your second child feels so much easier? Yeah, because it's not like that for everyone. Some people like if they do have a spirited child in their family or highly sensitive child, like they they might come second or third or fourth. But, in you know, which case, you're like. What the what happened here? And like the reality is, I mean, I'll like I don't know. I feel so mixed about saying this, but yeah. it's like Aiden has felt so much easier to parent. But at the same time, we are second time parents, not first time parents with him. Right. But I also feel like we've had to navigate so many challenges. Yeah. With Asher from the beginning 
through now, and I'm sure we'll continue to have to navigate more. Yeah, that it's not necessarily his challenges, but even just situationally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's pushed me to research and understand so much. And yeah. so it's not that I think I just have a much better understanding now. Yeah. So. So if you were going to wrap that up in like two or three bullet points, Ooh, okay. what would those bullet points be? Read more books. <laughs> yeah. So research. When you come up to a problem, mm-hmm. don't just listen to everyone around you. Do your own private study. Mm-hmm. I would wrap it up to read more books from qualified professionals. Yeah. I would say work on yourself and get in tune with where you have your own inner wounds and hurts and reflect on how that might be playing out in your parenting or the way that you react to your child and their struggles mm-hmm. um, and how you might be contributing to their sense of dis-ease yeah. in the home. And then I would say learn how to play and connect with yeah. your child at an emotional level. It's good stuff. What about you? How would you wrap it up in three bullet points? Um, yeah, definitely like the value of of prescriptive play is just huge. Also, like kind of typifying your kids is super helpful, like figuring out, you know, like my kid's a spirited kid or they're very sensitive and where they are on that scale is is super helpful as well. And then marry somebody who's a great researcher. <laughs> But if you can't do that, then I guess research yourself, you losers. <laughs> just kidding. Just oh kidding. <laughs> Jeez. You're all amu- beautiful and I love your ears. <laughs> and thanks for listening. So, guys, that uh, wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We, lo- thunder. <laughs> we love the thunder, like those sound effects. Uh, we love your beautiful ears. So... Uh, you know, like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Uncooked Convos, and also check out the Patreon at Uncooked Convos. <laughs> backsplash, 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 Uncooked Conversations for Patreon. Check out the Patreon at backsplash, <laughs> I mean, slash Uncooked Conversations. Thanks oh, again. Goodness gracious. And until, until next, next time, time we're, we're on, on the, the journey, journey with, with you. you. <laughs> <laughs>